Welcome to the Meant for Good podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Holbrook, and I believe that each of us have been given gifts, dreams, skills, and ideas that we're meant to share with each other. My goal is to share stories that challenge and inspire you and I to connect with people around us because we are meant for good. Hi, welcome to the Men for Good podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Holbrook, and I am so excited to have my new friend Lisa on the podcast today. And how do you pronounce your last name? Hentrick. Hentrick. Okay, fabulous. We met recently through our mutual friend, Rachel Hale, who is a fabulous singer-songwriter. And Lisa is also a singer-songwriter. And that's part of what we got to chatting about the other day. But you have a lot of things that you're doing with your life right now. A lot of really encouraging, inspiring things, inspiring stories. So I'm just honored to have you on the podcast and so excited to hear from you. I'm so happy to be here. I, uh, I love what your podcast represents. And I just got to listen to an episode of it. And I just thought oh, it was just like a warm blanket wrapping around me. And uh, so I hope more and more people become aware of this podcast because I love what you're doing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're sitting in Lisa's prayer room mm-hmm. <laughs> in her amazing house in Tennessee, and it's so peaceful in here. The whole house, the whole property, everything about it is beautiful. There's so many stories I want to ask you about. <laughs> in particular, would you like to share anything about this room that we're sitting in? Yes. So my husband and I built this house. Um about well, we moved in three years ago. Uh, it was a labor of love. Took about a year and a half to build. Um, it was also a labor of love to find this particular property. We knew going into it that we were looking for a property that was really outside of ourselves and our own dreams. If that makes sense, we had already built a dream home that we thought we were going to be at forever, and but because of a little. I call it a deep dive um, journey that the Lord took me on and by osmosis also, my husband. It just kind of led to an opening of the mind to, you know, your typical dream home build is what are all the things that we could ever dream of? And But the Lord really took me to a place of stepping outside of ourselves and our family and our little bubble and What are the things that you could dream of for us, Lord? And how can that impact your kingdom? How can that impact people for your kingdom? And I know that's a deep answer, but I kind of like dove deep to then bring you to the surface. And the surface of that was that meant building a different kind of dream home. And so from the time that we were looking for this property, we knew that it was going to be a special kind of property that was going to allow for whatever God wanted to do with it. And you have some, you know, parameters and limitations, you know, when you live in a subdivision versus the kind of land that we live on right now. And so from that came the house. I call it our charm house because it's kind of like church meets farmhouse. And we, um, one of our little side stories is that the Lord kind of birthed in us a creativity that we didn't know we had with regard to custom furniture and picking old things, kind of like American Pickers meets custom furniture. And uh, so as we built this house, we were able to use our joy of that to collect old things and incorporate them into the build of this home. 
And at the same time, knowing that we were going to have a special kind of outbuilding on the property as well, which is another story, but really just our heart was, Lord, you know, how, how can you use this for kingdom purposes? The kingdom being his kingdom, the king's domain. If someone's listening and they don't know what that means, it means the king's domain, the king of kings. And so from that came this particular room that we're in, which is on the upper floor. It was originally a mechanical room and was not going to be finished out. However, we ended up with this unique stained glass window that we had to add it to the design of the home because when you were looking at the home from the outside, we realized that we had one stained glass window that made it look off balance outside. And so we decided, well, let's incorporate a second one. And it ended up in this room. And when we walked in the, into this room, which of course had ductwork coming out of the floors and air conditioning equipment and all that, we thought, oh my goodness, we can't let that stained glass window just you know languish in here among the air conditioning equipment. And at the same time, we had just seen the movie, The War Room. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't watched that. Uh, it's a wonderful movie. So we had just seen the movie The War Room, and um, I won't tell you anything about it other than it will make you want to build a prayer room in your house, <laughs> whether it's a closet, whether it's under a stairwell, it doesn't matter where it is, but it will make you want to build a designated prayer space in your home. And so we left the movie theater saying, we need to have a prayer room in our home. And of course, our mind immediately went to this room. And so then we set about designing it. You know, how can we create this as a space where you don't know that it's a mechanical room? And so we set about building a bench over the ductwork and adding closet spaces and things. And then we built a stone wall around the stained glass window, which is an homage to where my husband went to college at Notre Dame University. He had taken me there. And uh, I was really drawn to this one particular area on the campus that is a stone grotto. And there's cutouts in it where candles burn and people go there to pray. And I thought, well, this would be a great way to highlight that stained glass window and build stone around it and put cutouts in the room for candles. So once we started doing that, it really started feeling like a prayer room and then we added a prayer wall to one wall where people can write their prayers and hang their prayers on the prayer wall. So that's how this room was born. And um, it has had some really beautiful prayers happen in it. And it's a special room. People walk into it and they don't want to leave because God's here. He really is. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel that it is. It's so peaceful. It does have this old world feel to it because of the stone Mm-hmm. wall and the stained glass window and and the old pieces we've been able to collect and put in here yeah I love that and the prayer wall I put a prayer on there for my husband mm, yeah. <laughs> last time I was here yes yes he will pick the exact right one for you I can say that from a personal experience I would love for you to share your story of meeting your husband yeah. with Yeah, so um, the short version of it, if you want the longer version, you can actually go to my website because I do have a blog called Faith Forward. I actually tell more of the story on there, but the short version of it is that um, I came to a point in my life where I said, you know, God, um, I kind of have given you certain areas of my life except for my dating life. And I've kind of been doing things the world's way because that's kind of the world makes you feel like, 
well, the Bible is antiquated. The Bible is out of date, and that doesn't apply to today. And and so I had kind of bought into that, you know, that what I know now is a lie because His Word is it's never changing, and it's always what's best for us. But I um, was doing things the world's way, and so I came to a point in my life where I said, you know, Lord, I think my picker is broken because you know it's not that you know some of the people that I or that in my in my dating life, not that I dated a lot of people, but those that I dated, um, I, they just turned out not to be the right one for me. And I said, you know, Lord, I just I, I'm surrendering all all parts of my life including this to you and I want you to pick the one that's right for me because you're the one that made me and so you know who is the right one for me and so I really truly surrendered and laid that down and from that point beginning of that process took about five years um, for before Craig came into my life and I can now look back and say that the Lord used that five years in order to prepare me, because you have to be the best for that person, if that makes sense. He'll pick the best person for you, but you have to be the best person for them. So there was some preparation, you know, in both of our lives before leading us together. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so there's more in the blog about it, and it actually kind of ironically ties to the business that we had. It's like the Lord just, there's some interesting facets to it beyond that, but yeah. Wow. Okay. That's so good. Now I have a few questions. Uh-huh. Before I get to those, you and Craig have a business together still? So we actually have, you know, kind of several. We're, we're creative entrepreneurs. Um, okay. And Craig is now retired from playing football. And, um, you know, he does have uh, some some limitations. It's a, it, He's my biggest supporter and cheerleader, but because of uh, the hardships on his body, you know, that football took 17 years, um, it's, it's really taken its toll on him. So he, he's really my support system from that perspective. But right now, what, what I have going on, which again, Craig is my biggest cheerleader, (laughs) I'm getting ready to launch a little boutique business, which it kind of is a different version of what he and I used to do together. But it's basically like a, a booth in a, in, in, I kind of call it like um, Etsy vendors in a building. It's kind of like that. And so that's something that's going to be launching here pretty soon and within the next few weeks. It's called God Strong Living. God Strong Living. Yes, God Strong Living. Yep. Okay. And then, you know, really beyond that, it's really less about business for Craig and I and more about creativity, I guess, is the best way to put it. And we never know what the Lord is going to put on our hearts to create next and where he's going to take it. But we are um, both just so blessed to be at a place where we can do that, you know, where we can say, okay, I think, you know, we're being called to create this. Let's create this. So I hope that answers your question. I love that. Uh, Creative entrepreneurism. I think it's a really empowering skill set, honestly and mindset. And I really, you know, hope and pray that really everyone in the world discovers it because I think that that's how God has designed us, you know, whether you have a desire to like you love to make cupcakes, you know, for instance. So many people are and and you know, I've been in this boat, so I understand it like we we have to have a job, we have to pay the bills, we have to we have these responsibilities and the more that we 
our our eyes are on that the the more that those those passions and desires and things you know little dreams in our heart can kind of go away mm-hmm. and go by the wayside but the more that Craig and I have really kind of stepped into this the more I realize I want everybody that I encounter to experience this if you like to make cupcakes just start making them out of your home you know because a lot of times we think if I can do this first, if I can pay off my bills, and if I can da-da-da, and if I can da-da-da, then I'll think about that cupcake thing. But really, God says, if you trust your cupcake thing to me and take the first step, I will open the next door and the next door because he's the one that put that passion in your heart to begin with. But the world has kind of convinced us that this is the way that it goes. You do this, and then you do this, and then you do this, and you have... You have mortgages and you have this and you... So we get we get covered up in the world's way and we can lose that. But we all have that creativity in some form or another. I just wish everybody uh, could step into that. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's so fun to hear that from you because even just being in your house, every room is... It's stunning. It's beautiful the way that you've put this house together. And I know that you and Craig did it together and you had a friend who was an interior designer kind of mm-hmm. working. You were all working on this together. And yeah. then that did something in your relationship with Craig and in your creativity. And yes. it brought a skill set that you both had, skill sets that you both had to the surface. That we didn't know that we had. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You actually started... you had a business based on even what you were doing together in your home as you were just putting your home together. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Craig um, decided that he wanted to just learn how to build things, had, having no experience with it at all, and went to a pawn shop and, and bought some tools and just started watching YouTube videos and teaching himself. And then one thing led to the next, led to the next. And we were have we had a booth and then we had a store. And it was really just interesting to watch him apply the same discipline that he applied to football apply to this new thing and to be able to watch what's possible with that and again I take that back to this message for anybody that's listening right now that you're never too old it's never too late just go start doing it because I literally watched with my own eyes watched what what Craig is capable of doing now Um, However, I do, once again, have to frame that within the context of because of the limitations on his body now. But I'm praying for that as well. You know, I'm praying because I know that that God is a healing God. And uh, I'm I'm praying that that will, that that he will supernaturally reverse that in order that more of that can happen for him. Amen. I agree for that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. So, um, gosh, th- there are two things that specifically I'm like, we got to talk about this today. So one of them is, I mean, I love what I've observed of your marriage. I mean, oh, I just you. met you guys last week, but I love everything that I've seen that you two have built together and you have a beautiful you. family. Thank and. You. And just your relationship, the way that you collaborate together and create together and just seem to have so much fun and everything that I'm seeing that you've created together is so, it's beautiful, it's inspiring, it's kind of otherworldly. So this is, it's just so fun to have a married woman on the podcast too, because I have a lot of single friends and I love what you shared about, I think my picker's broken, God, I'm going to need 
you in this area. I actually want to surrender this area to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious if you have any advice for single women, especially single women in their 30s, because I think you were in your 30s when you got married. Mm -hmm. I was. Well, uh, a couple of things, I guess. One is um, don't listen to what the world says, because I was older when I met Craig. And there were times, and sometimes well-meaning people, could make comments that would almost make me feel like there was something wrong with me. You know, like, why haven't you met that person yet? You know, or why did this relationship not work out? So that's number one. Don't listen to what the world says. uh, Because God's timeline is not the world's timeline. And it's also not our timeline. So you don't know what he wants to do in you before you meet that person, number one. Number two, as I mentioned in our story, we both had, there were things God had to do in both of us to prepare our paths to come together. And so whoever that person is that he's chosen for you, he's still preparing that person too. So that helps to be patient, you know, and and to wait on the Lord. The third thing I would say is that There were times, you know, when it was tempting because of how, quote unquote, the world was sometimes making me feel, you know, especially the older that I got, that I could see where it could be easy for a single woman to just, I choose this word carefully because I don't want it to sound disparaging, you know, towards, towards any guys, um, towards any men, but settling. Mm -hmm. And by settling, I mean that... To settle is to settle for someone that's not the right one for you. Does that make sense? So I don't mean that to be disparaging towards any men out there, but that's what I mean by settling, that, you know, God created each one of us for a destiny and a plan. Um, And the person that he's chosen for us to be with, we are one another's helpmates in that. And so when it's the right fit and it's the right person and the right match, a match made in heaven, (laughs) um, That's the best of the best. And so I kind of looked at it like I would rather be be single and pursuing what the Lord wants for me and has for me happily than to just get married, just to check that box off and say, okay, world, I got married. Does that make you happy? You know know what I'm saying? So I don't want to be married to the wrong person. Uh, So I don't know if that helps anybody out there. It might even help some people that are in a relationship right now and their gut's been telling them for a long time, this is not the right person for me. But yet, because it's it can be it can get comfortable, you know, to have someone to spend Valentine's Day with and to have someone to go to a movie with. You know what? What I found is that when the Lord, He will surround you with people that you can enjoy that with and celebrate with until that time comes. So I hope that that helps. That is so good. Mm. It's so timely, too, because one of my good friends had someone literally tell her the other day that her standards are too high mm-hmm. or that what she's looking for is pretty rare. You know, uh-huh. like it's unrealistic. I had similar comments at times. And you know what? No, not when you give it to the Lord. He has custom picked somebody for you. And when you just trust him, I still say to this day, we've been married almost 17 years now, but I just because I was older when we met, I always tell people, God's choice is so worth the wait. You know, even if in your case, it's it's later in life. He's got different plans for everyone. But I'm now able to look back and see that every all of the, everything I did in my single years that led up to this, uh, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish those specific things if I had married early. 
But when you're in the middle of it, you don't know that. That's so good. That's affirming for me because I've had similar thoughts Mm -hmm. with my life and the things that I'm pursuing right now. Because when I have a family, I want to be able to be all there. Yes, absolutely. My kids, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've had I've had some dreams for my life that I thought, man, it would be really hard for me to be traveling the way that I have the past ten years if I had gotten married really young. Right. Mm -hmm. That's encouraging. Okay, along these lines of things you're doing with your life and dreams for your life, I loved when you were sharing about that song that you wrote, mm-hmm. God and My Girlfriends. Yeah. And, yeah, would love for you to share that story because there's so much in there that yes. is just so good. So, basic bones of the story because there's a lot of rabbit trails I could go down, but I'll just share the basic story and then you can ask whatever, you know, details you want to know about Um, It's a song that I co-wrote back in uh, 2008 uh, with uh, Marcia Ramirez and Patricia Conroy. It's called God and My Girlfriends. And at that time, it was put on hold for Reba McIntyre. And uh, it was making its way through the channels and all the way to the point where she was recording for her album that week. And we thought it was going to happen. And then it didn't. Wah, wah, wah. And that is often, you know, the, the case in, you know, songwriting. So that was back in 2008. Well, around 2012, I lost my singing voice and thought that I was all done with writing and singing could have continued writing, you know, even without my voice, but there was just something in me that was just saying, you know, I think I've had a good run with this. Um, I'd had some cuts on some albums and I just really think, um, you know, it's time to kind of lay this down. Our kids were young and I just really, I can phrase it like this now. It wasn't necessarily a conscious formed thought at the time, but I can now phrase it like this. I stopped chasing the dream and started chasing Jesus. So, you know, I'd been a person of faith for many years, but I didn't realize until I really started deep diving into the kingdom, as I say now, um, started really chasing him, that I realized that, you know, we can be a believer and we can have Jesus in our life, And we can even feel his blessing around us and his guiding. But until we really invest more of ourselves in the personal relationship, we're not going to know what we were missing out on. And so once I started doing that and I realized, oh, there's so much more I have been missing out on. And I also, I think, again, not necessarily being consciously aware of it at the time, but I was more like, Lord, sit over here in the passenger seat, you know, and I'll drive this car and we'll make this happen together. And that's not how God operates. And so it wasn't until I came to that point and I really laid it all down and was really, truly okay with losing the dream and no longer having the dream that the real depth of relationship began. And five years into that, I was truly at a point where I was like, you know, I really didn't even want the dream anymore, if that makes sense. Like, there is no substitute once you once you reach that level of relationship with the Lord. And so I really thought that it was over and done for good. And then I felt a little tap on the shoulder um, saying, get ready, I'm about to wake up your music. And I didn't know what that meant. And I kept sort of resisting it, but I kept feeling it. And um, a friend of mine who started an organization called Brave Worship 
had been inviting me to come to one of their monthly meetings. And I said, you know, that sounds like a songwriting thing. That sounds like a networking thing. I appreciate the invitation, but I'm really, I'm not writing anymore. I'm not singing anymore. But she kept asking me every month. And finally, because I kept feeling that tap, I said, okay, I'll go. And I'm sparing a lot of details here, but that night a significant thing happened during praise and worship time where I really just asked the Lord, will you remove the restriction? And the reason that I said that was because there was a particular person leading worship and said, if Jesus was in the room, just ask, if you could just ask him for one thing. And I thought, well, I'm here because you've been telling me this, but yet, and my voice had been being healed slowly through essential oils that I was using. So I could feel my voice was healing, but I still felt like there was a restriction around my throat. And so that was really where the prayer came from. I thought, well, I don't even know what to ask because <laughs> you're telling me you're going to wake up your music, my music. So, okay, remove the restriction. Like, if you're going to wake up my music, I guess just take this restriction off of my throat. I mean, that's really... That's really where the prayer came from. And then the next day, I got a phone call from my former song plugger, who I hadn't heard from in years, saying, um, interesting thing just happened. Your song, God of My Girlfriends, is suddenly back on hold for Reba McIntyre. And now this, at that time, would, would have been a, probably a seven-year-old song, almost eight years old. And that just doesn't happen. I mean, no one was plugging the song. No one was playing the song anymore. How many thousands of songs had Reba heard in that seven <laughs> or eight years? And all of a sudden, she was ready to record it. She was doing a different kind of project than she had ever done in the past, and it was a faith-based project. And so that was where that, from that moment, another journey with the Lord began of Him really just showing up everywhere I turned and and speaking to my heart and saying, I, the Lord God, have done this. When you laid your dream down and gave it to me, I am a resurrecting God. And I I resurrect dead dreams. I resurrect quote-unquote dead songs. I am a resur- I have goosebumps as as, as those these words are coming out. I am a resurrecting God, and uh, whoa! And so, uh, so from that point, um, a uh, series of events happened, which really, you know, it wasn't. It, it, all I can say is just the Lord unfolded. So He just like rolled out this carpet and said, "Okay, now you're going to do this, and now you're going to do this," and because I couldn't have have thought or dreamed any of this up. But a point in time came when uh, Reba was, she was performing the song on the Today Show and at the Ryman and uh, talking about it all over. It, it was a digital single. It, it made it onto uh, country and uh, Christian charts without being a, an official single. And um, one day she posted a picture of herself with her mom and she hashtagged on top of the photo, hashtag God and my girlfriends. And it said, this is my number one my number one friend, my mama, you know, <laughs> and from that, that really became a springboard of an idea of, you know, why not have a, a God of my girlfriend's brand that kind of, you know, runs alongside the song and wherever Reba wants to take it, you know, there's one and only Reba. Uh, and, you know, I'm so happy that her voice is on the song. But it was just the thought of like a community that can kind of go alongside of what the message of the song is, which is, there is no doubt I'd be nothing without God and my girlfriends. And it's a, it started from that impetus 
But then as I started to create it and do the building blocks of it, which has been a slow process. It wasn't just this thing that happened. It's been a slow process. But the Lord just started showing me there's more layers to this than you realize. It is a it is a celebration of girlfriends and praising God. But really, I feel like what he's wanting me to do with it and what I'm trying to steward is helping other girlfriends to be able to engage in relationship with the Lord as he has led me. Because he's given me a lot of resources and things that really kind of were game changers for me, door openers for me, and helped me to understand things that I didn't understand before. And so I just, it's kind of like a platter that I'm holding out, you know, Mm -hmm. here's some things that really helped me to have this kind of relationship with the Lord. I'd love to share them with you too. And then you pass them on to your girlfriends and they pass them on to their girlfriends. So that's kind of a little bit deeper layer to it. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's so good. And I remember when you were telling me that story the other day, you know, it's like early on in, in your career, you kind of expect things to go a certain way. Yes. I've experienced this, especially when you're connecting with people in the industry and people are making promises and there's Uh like a trajectory and you're like, all right, this is where we're going. And then it doesn't happen. And you get to the point of being like, God, you want me to do something else? Yes. You know, I've been there. I heard you wrong. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh I've been there with music, you know, it's like, God, you want me to do something else now? Even, you know, in the past year. Yes. But I just love, I love that at a point in life when you're not even looking for it, you're not even thinking about it, you found something actually so much better. Absolutely. That he's like, all right, now I'm doing something with this gift I gave you. Like he didn't just give it to you for no reason. Right. He's got plans for it. And Mm -hmm. in the Mint for Good podcast, I really love, there's kind of a theme in a lot of these stories about how God designed us in such a way that we have things that we're meant to bring into the world and into each other's lives. Like we are literally meant for good in each other's lives. And I love this part of your story, what you just shared. It inspires me so much because I think no matter what age we are or where we're at in our career, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as we're here on earth, as long as we're still breathing, like God has plans for our lives and he has things that he wants to do through us. He has beautiful, awe-inspiring, like goosebump mm-hmm. feeling yeah. kind of things that he wants to do with our lives. And, and what you just shared, that's the kind of story that it's like, I want my parents to hear that. Like, I uh, want my mm-hmm. friends to hear that. I want young people in the industry mm-hmm. to hear that. I want everyone to know that it's not about just when you're in your 20s, you right. know? exactly. People focus so much on that point in time. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, um, you know, one of the things that the Lord really impressed on my heart, because I'm sure it's probably, I'm assuming that it's this way, whether you're in LA or New York, I'm assuming it's the same way as it is in Nashville. This is an industry that age, you know, age matters. Mm -hmm. And so it's common for people to pretend to be younger than they are, you know, hide their age and all of that. And so I had, again, bought into that, you know, because I came here thinking I was going to, I wanted to pursue writing, but I was still young enough at that time that I could have pursued the, the, the artist's career as well. And so I just didn't know what it was going to look like for me. But then when this happened, the Lord really impressed on my heart. I want you to talk about your age. Wow. I want you to tell your story for my glory. And so I was approaching uh, 50 at that time. You know, I'm now past 50. And I'm like, really, Lord? Like, you really want me to talk about my age? (laughs) And he said, yes, because 
a lot of my people are out there thinking my time has passed. You know, I, I failed at such and such when I tried it before, or I never pursued it and I should have. I chose door B instead of door A, and now I wish I would have chose. You know, I, there's so many people out there, no matter whether you're in music or whatever you're in, and it's never too late. When you submit it to me, the Lord God, I can restore the years the locusts have eaten. And so I want you to talk about your age because your your story will be an inspiration to others who are your age, who feel like they missed their chance, their time has passed. So whether you're in your 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s, like it is never too late. I know uh, a woman who is probably 15 years older than me and she just, after 40 years, decided to pick up a paintbrush and start painting again. And she's so happy. She's like, why? Why have I not been doing this? I put the paintbrush down 40 years ago. And she's just like a kid in a candy store. Um, And she has people asking, you know, for her paintings. So, yeah, I just think that what I love about your podcast and and the, the meant for good is that, again, in the world's way, if we get caught up in the world's way of looking at things, the world will tell you, Nobody's going to take care of me but me, and it's all about me. I'm trying to think of what those cliches are, you know, that survival is going to depend on me and all of that. But God has made us to be in unity with one another. You know, I've always had the philosophy that the more people I can help succeed, the more successful I am. And there's more joy in that, you know, because how many people do we see that reach the pinnacle of of what we consider success as the world when we're looking at them? And then how miserable do they seem? It's really not about achieving success for ourselves. It's about, you know, are we doing what we're designed to do, what God designed us to do? The greatest designer in the world designed you, and he designed me, and he designed her, and him, and him, and him. He designed us. And so why would we not want to be fully surrendered and in sync with the way that he designed us because what are we capable of doing when we do that you know instead of I'm going to do this my way and that's kind of what the world says my way my way my choice my will and you know true relationship with the Lord means I'm going to lay down my will and surrender my will and ask what is your will for me and when you come into cooperation with that you're truly in cooperation with the Holy Spirit that is when things like this prayer room come in, manifest in your life because he will take you down these roads that are just roads you could have never dreamed up yourself. And it's this beautiful adventure. Wow. I feel like I just went to church. <laughs> come on. Yes. Yes. All the feels. This is so good. <laughs> You touched on like all the things that I was wanting to dig oh, into good. today. Good. Um, so I think we're getting close here. But is there anything else that's on your heart? Any other stories? Anything you want to share? I want to leave space. Well, I, you know, I prayed um, before we started this podcast that because there are so many stories that could be shared, um, and so I just asked that the Lord would have me share what he wanted to be shared for this message today. And, you know, I would say probably going back to the God and my girlfriends, since that was, you know, the thing that really specifically interested you when we were talking. Um, My particular brand is called God and My Girlfriend's Stories. And 
That is because it's interesting how I'm seeing this commonality um, looking around of how God is using stories. It's not just on my platform, but I'm seeing, well, even your what you're doing right now, he's using the stories of people in order to reveal himself. And because, you know, if you... If you're just sort of standing on the outside, you know, not 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 having an upbringing, knowing the Lord, it can be a little daunting, you know, because you've got this book here and I open it up and I don't understand the language. And how can this be? How can this really be a guide for me? This how long ago was this written? You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the general I can understand, you know, how people would feel that way. But when you hear a person's story and, you know, you can immerse yourself in that story you're drawn into that story and then you hear how God has been woven into it even if the word God's not necessarily being used you have to know that these things are not random you know a story and how one dot connected to another which connected to another which connected to another yeah you can call some of that happenstance you can call some of that you know whatever that word is but the more you're looking for it, the more you will see it. And the more you will you see it, the more you will know. I don't know how anybody can say that there is not a God. We're so fearfully and wonderfully made. And he cares about every detail. You know, the Bible says that he knows the number of hairs on our head. He wove us in our mother's womb. And he's weaving our stories together. So I would just say that's probably the last thing I've feel led to touch on is just I'm fascinated by how God is using stories and if anybody is interested in checking it out it's God and my girlfriend's stories I have a Facebook page and then I have an Instagram page which is at g-a-m-g stories God and my girlfriend's stories perfect I was going <laughs> to ask what the best way for people to get in touch with you yeah and then they can check out my website which is lisahentrick.com and you will see other things on my website a faith blog and some other things you know kind of going on is that that faith life. forward thing you mentioned that's yeah that's my blog it's called faith forward and uh, again that's interestingly enough like the things that are now on my website which I launched a few years ago that is all part of the journey that the Lord has taken taken me on. I did not think I was a blogger. Wow. <laughs> um, and so when, when my website launched with these different things that he brought forth, I was kind of resistant at first, like stuttering Moses, you know, like, I think there's going to be somebody better than me. I don't think I'm a blogger. I don't think I'm good. Are you sure? You know, you just, are you sure? But I said, okay, you know, if that's what you're saying, I will step into it. And over the last two and a half years, it's just been a process of kind of getting comfortable with it and, and really kind of, you know, when you stop resisting what, what, what he says he's designed you for, it's really kind of a fun, you know, process. Uh, but having said that, it does, I realize now it ties back to having lost my voice. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, if, if I could put my, you know, spiritual visor on right now and just look through that visor, I can really earnestly see that the enemy, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Well, my voice was stolen from me. Um, I thought it was destroyed for good, but God said, no, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to bring it back. 
And I feel that he has impressed on my heart because the enemy stole your voice. Not only am I going to restore it, but I'm going to multiply it. And I'm going to multiply it because you chose to lay everything down at my altar and serve me and make me Lord of your life and Lord of your dreams and Lord of your marriage and Lord of your family, all that, all those things. And so, again, I hope that's encouraging for someone else out there because no matter what the enemy has stolen from you or tried to kill or tried to destroy, not only can God repair it, he can restore it, he can renew it, he can give it, he can multiply it in ways that are even way better than they were before. So good. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. So check out Lisa's website, God of My Girlfriend Stories. So the website is lisahentrick.com. Okay. And then if you go there, you will see different panels. And one of the panels is God of My Girlfriends. And you'll see other panels on there as well. Great. And then on social media, I have God of My Girlfriend Stories on Facebook and G-A-M-G Stories on Instagram. Perfect. And I'll put all this in the show notes. Lisa, thank you so much for being on the thank show. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Yeah, what a treat. And I've learned some things from you today, too. I love this microphone you're using. Oh, yes. I'm <laughs> using a blue microphone. It's a Yeti. And I do have to say, I thought this several times during our chat today, that you have a great podcasting voice. Oh, thank so you. So if you are starting a podcast for your God and My Girlfriend stories, uh-huh. you're the perfect woman to do it. Oh, thanks for telling me that. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening and please feel free to rate this podcast. Give it five stars if you feel like it. You can share it, leave a comment, or continue the conversation on Instagram or Facebook. Just look us up, Meant for Good and Meant for Good Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Byron Saul. He provided financial support and overall encouragement for the engineering and production of today's interview. If you would like to contribute towards future episodes, you can email me, meantforgoodpodcasts at gmail.com.